<clears throat> well, good morning. It is Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, you know, as I'm recording this, right this second, the uh, hearing, they're sitting down. Uh, this is the final, supposed uh, uh, final uh, January 6th committee hearing, at least public hearing. Uh, they're just sitting down for it. So we'll probably get more to that tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you so much. Thank you very much. It's very nice of you to come. I, I know. You can get your news uh, from all over the place. Just wait three days and then you'll hear what I'm saying today. They're a little bit behind. <laughs> uh, if you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be really awesome of you. Tweet to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Or maybe you want to send me a new story or whatever you want to do. Say hi. Yeah, that's cool. Um, anyway, let's let's get to it. Let's start with the uh, <clears throat> the United Nations. Uh, yesterday, the uh, United Na- Nations General Assembly, or <coughs> lovingly referred to as UNGA, United Nations General Assembly, voted in favor of the resolution declaring Russia's so-called referendums and attempted annexation of parts of Ukraine illegal and invalid under international law in its strongest show of support for Ukraine since Moscow's uh, invasion, since Putin's invade, his, his war started, the UN General Assembly voted 143 to 5, and out of those five, that includes Russia, adopting a resolution condemning and rejecting Russia's move to annex Ukrainian territory. 35 countries abstained, uh, voting with Russia, was Belarus, North Korea, Syria, and Nicaragua, not China. Uh, In a tweet, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky thanked the states for their support in what he called a historic UNGA resolution. President Joe Biden hailed the vote, saying the overwhelming majority of the world voted to defend the United Nations Charter and condemn Russia's illegal attempts to annex Ukrainian territory by force. The world has just demonstrated that it is more united and more determined than ever to hold Russia accountable for its violations. By comparison, a similar resolution in 2014, remember when Russia first invaded Crimea, Uh, uh, That similar resolution that condemned and rejected Russia's attempted annexation of the uh, Republic of Crimea and the city of Sevastopol in Ukraine received 100 votes supporting the resolution, 11 against, and 58 abstentions. Uh, U.S. Ambassador Linda uh, Thomas-Greenfield told reporters after the vote, and today's vote, has a practical effect. It means that in the eyes of the world and the United Nations, Ukraine's borders remain the same. Kherson is Ukraine. Zaporizhia is Ukraine. Donetsk 
is Ukraine. Luhansk is Ukraine. And Ukraine remains Ukraine. Ambassador Bob Ray, a little colorful of Canada. Uh, he was a bit colorful when he said, as Russia makes claims of Russophobia, of course, that's what they keep on saying, that it's Russophobia, and that's why everybody's against them. As Russia makes claims of Russophobia, sort of like the kid who kills his parents and then goes to court and says, help me out, I'm an orphan. Their parents and... Th- uh, uh, their parents, and then go uh, kills their parents. Kills his parents. Help me out, I'm over. Um, there is no Russophobia. Its own soldiers, its own artillery, its own tanks, its own warplanes, its own missiles are flattening Russian-speaking cities and towns and abusing Russian-speaking populations in eastern Ukraine. China, India... Iran and South Africa abstained. Surprisingly, Brazil and Saudi Arabia and UAE voted for the resolution. Uh, Russia's foreign minister has slammed the UNGA resolution condemning Moscow's recent annexation of the four-party occupied Ukrainian region, saying the international rebuke was engineered by Western powers using diplomatic terror. Sergei Lapdog Lavrov said... The methods of diplomatic terror were used by the West, shamelessly, openly twisting the arms of developing countries and threatening them with all sorts of punishments. Only by such blatant blackmail, by such threats, was it possible to make the outcome, uh, uh, that outcome possible. We understand everything perfectly well. Uh, yeah, right. Russia's foreign uh, ministry, moving on. Russia's foreign ministry says it has summoned diplomats from Germany, Denmark, and Sweden to complain that representatives from Moscow and state-owned uh, energy giant Gazprom had not been invited to join an investigation into ruptures along the Nord Stream gas pipelines. The foreign ministry said Russia will obviously not recognize the pseudo-results of such an investigation unless Russia experts are involved. Which, of course, would be like Trump investigating the insurrection for the House Select Committee. Uh, Inside Russia, in the Belgrad, oblast of Belgorod City, uh, the region's governor, Vyacheslav Gladkov, said... Multi-story apartment block in Russia's western city of Belgorod had been damaged by shelling by, from Ukrainian armed forces. Belgorod is about 25 miles uh, inside Russia from the Ukrainian border and 30 miles from Kharkiv. An advisor to Ukraine's president denied their military was responsible and said Russia had tried to shell Ukraine's second largest city of Kharkiv, located near the border, but something went wrong. Uh, he's saying that the missiles... Uh, failed and hit their own buildings. Uh, I think what happened was Russia was probably shelling Kharkiv from inside Russia and and maybe using citizens as shields. That's possible too. Uh, Kyiv's regional governor, Oleksiy Kuliba, said uh, Iranian-made kamikaze drones hit Ukraine's capital of Kyiv region in the uh, early morning hours. Kuliba said today's attacks occurred in the area around the capital city. Based on preliminary information, the strikes were caused by Iranian-made loitering munitions, often uh, referred to as kamikaze drones. Uh, Deputy head of the presidential office, 
uh, Kirill Timoshenko said on Telegram that critical infrastructure uh, infrastructure facilities in the area were hit without providing further details. Hossein Amaribdolian, Iran's foreign minister, told his Polish counterpart on Sunday, the Islamic Republic of Iran has by no means supplied any side with arms to be used in the war in Ukraine, and its policy is to oppose arming either side with the aim of ending the war. Now, you are a politician who has been tutored by me. Listen carefully to the statement one more time. The Islamic Republic of Iran has by no means supplied any side with arms to be used in the war of Ukraine, and its policy is to oppose arming either side with the aim of ending the war. So he hasn't armed either side. So he sent. So what this is telling me to me, saying to me, is that they sent the arms to a third-party country, which then supplied the arms to Russia. That's what it's telling me. Because exactly how is Russia getting those drones? You know what? I think Iran should ask the UN to investigate who was supplying Iran-made drones. I'm sure Iran wants to get to the bottom of this, right? Uh, France's foreign ministry has warned that any sale of Iranian drones to Russia would be violation of United uh, Nations Security Council resolution that endorsed the 2015 nuclear accord between Tehran and world powers. The French ministry's statement came after three drones. Those three drones operated by Russian forces attacked the small town of Makariv, west of Kiev, earlier today. Uh, Officials said Russian missiles pounded more than 40 Ukrainian cities and towns over the past 24 hours. Ukraine's armed forces, Ukraine's armed forces, uh, general staff said air raids hit more than 40 settlements while Ukraine's air forces, uh, air force carried out 32 attacks on 25 Russian targets. Uh, Mayor of Mykolaiv, (coughs) excuse me, Uh, Mayor of Mykolaiv, Alexander Senkovich said in social media in a social media post that the southern port city was massively shelled. He said a five-story residential building was hit. The two upper floors were completely destroyed. The rest under rubble. Uh, rescuers uh, are working on the site. Meanwhile, according to his governor, Valentin Reznichenko said missiles struck more than 30 multi-story apartment blocks uh, and private houses, gas pipelines, and power lines in the city of uh, Nikopol in the Dnipropetrovsk region. Dnipropetrovsk uh, region. I think I said it right that time. Uh, the Russian-installed governor of Kursa has appealed to residents and the party excuse me, in the partly occupied Ukrainian region to evacuate as fighting rages between Russian and advancing Ukrainian forces. In a video statement posted on Telegram, Vladimir Saldo uh, publicly asked for Moscow's help in transporting civilians to Crimea. After that statement, Kirill Stremazov 
said in a, a video statement posted on Telegram, there is and can be no evacuation in Kyrgyzstan region. Nobody is planning to withdraw Russian troops from the Kherson region. He added, uh, noting it was a subject of the Russian Federation after Moscow moved uh, to formally annex it and three other Ukrainian territories last month. Of course, he is saying this probably as Russian forces are retreating because he doesn't want Ukrainian forces to know they are retreating. Uh, the British Ministry of Defense has said in its daily, uh, in its daily uh, intelligence update, Russian occupation authorities have been preparing for civilian evacuations in recent days. Kherson was the first major Ukrainian city and only regional capital to be captured by Russian forces. But uh, Moscow's grip is looking increasingly shaky, meaning they are readying for Ukraine attacking Kherson. Uh, as I as I've been saying for week for weeks, they're going towards Kyrgyzstan. They're going to split Crimea from the uh, eastern uh, Russian forces, and then they're going to move in and take Crimea. That's why. That's why they destroyed that bridge. Uh, and and with with these new air defense. Okay, this is what's so important about these new air air defense systems. This means that Russian forces can be out of the, t- the taken areas. They can uh, use the air defense systems uh, to take out missiles and drones launched against, like Kiev and other, and other cities, within a large area. They can go to the borders and use these air defense systems. Yeah, it's... Um, uh, it, 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 these air defense systems, especially the one Germany just gave them. These air defense systems are so new, they've never been tested in battle. That's how new they are. Um, But yeah, this will help forces um, concentrate on the battle instead of uh, what's being lobbed over them, right? Uh, The Ukrainian military said in an update that it had repelled Russian attacks near the villages of Bakhmutsk, uh, Ozar Yanivka, Ivanhrod, Bakhmut, and Marinka. Uh, though Russian-backed forces in the eastern Donetsk region of Ukraine, where that is, say they have captured two villages near the industrial city of Bakhmut. Uh, Berlin, Berlin has said, Germany and more than a dozen NATO partners aim to jointly procure air defense systems that protect allied territory from missiles eyeing Israel's Aero 3 system, U.S. Patriot, and German Iris T units among the options. Uh, Christine Lambrecht, Germany's defense minister, said during a ceremony at NATO's Brussels headquarters, With this initiative, we are living up to our joint responsibility for security in Europe by bundling our resources. Uh, 14 countries at the event signed a letter of intent. Estonia wasn't there, but they also agreed. The initiative is called European Sky Shield. In total, it comprises half of NATO's members, including Germany, the United Kingdom, Slovakia, Norway, Latvia, Hungary, Bulgaria, Belgium, Chechnya, Finland, Lithuania, the Netherlands, Romania, and Slovenia. Uh, that's, That's like everything surrounding Belarus and Russia. Was Finland? Yeah, Finland was in there. 
Uh, now that I have your attention, let's move on and fix the world. Let's try to, anyway. Uh, the January 6th committee has begun its uh, final hearing starting this morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. I'm watching it right now. Liz Cheney is speaking. The, the lawlessness and violence of January 6th she's speaking about. Um, panel member, Representative Jamie uh, Raskin from Maryland said, uh, and he's Democrat, of course, uh, tune in for our dis- discussion of Trump's clear and present danger presented to democracy and freedom in America by a movement that he has galvanized. Uh, the select committee is expected to feature evidence that Trump allies uh, were pushing him to declare victory on Election Day 2020, even before the votes were counted, and that Trump was warned of the violence at the Capitol before he tweeted the inflammatory attack on Vice President Mike Pence. It will also show that even amid the wreckage of January 6, Trump continued to plot uh, ways to remain in power. The hearing will also function as a segue of sorts to the criminal case that federal prosecutors are piecing together. Bolstered by the recent issuance of dozens of grand jury subpoenas and court uh, authorized searches of some of Trump's top allies. Today's hearings may feature some of the select panel's evidence obtained after its summer hearings, like interviews with Trump cabinet members about internal discussions concerning the potential invocation of the 25th Amendment to remove him from power. There may be some Jenny Thomas testimony, though none of that was recorded, uh, except verbally, of course, it was recorded. Uh, uh, and and, and she, uh, 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 she was followed around with a, by a camera crew in the weeks leading up to January 6th. Uh, or was that uh, Stone? That was Stone. <laughs> uh, that was Roger Stone. Um yeah, uh, none of hers is uh, uh, verbally. I, I'm thinking Jenny Thomas probably agreed to appear as long as it wasn't recorded. I'm thinking that's what happened. Uh, it is also set to include documentary footage of longtime Trump ally Roger Stone, who was followed around by a Camry crew in the weeks leading up to the uh, January 6th. The Stone footage provided by a Danish film crew and obtained by CNN includes audio of Stone one day before Election Day, telling an associate, fuck the voting, let's get right to the violence. There is also a significant trove of documents and messages recently turned over to the Secret Service. If you remember, the Secret Service was obstructing the investigation. Proof of that alone is in the thousands of messages sent among senior officials, including on and around January 6, 2021, that were erased purposefully after they were subpoenaed. Also, Tony Ornato and Don might come up. When Ornato appeared, his meme was, I don't recall. The committee is likely to show some links between pro-Trump extremist groups like the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and, and, uh, and Stone. Stone also uh, hired several members of the Oath Keepers to perform security for him on January 5th and 6th. 2021. Among them, Kelly Meggs, who was charged alongside Rhodes with seditious conspiracy for their involvement in the breach of the Capitol. Another Oath Keeper who guarded Stone, Joshua James, has already pleaded guilty to seditious conspiracy. So, 
you're planning an insurrection, right? What should you do to plan for your insurrection? Apparently, you call the Secret Service and ask permission, right? An official with the Secret Service said members of the Oath Keepers occasionally reach out to the Secret Service with questions about permissible items for rallies. Further, when agents learned the group planned to attend events, agents reached out and met with members. Uh, Secret Service spokes, uh, spokesman Anthony Guglielmi, uh, is that right? Guglielmi told CNN, We are aware that individuals from the Oath Keepers have contacted us in the past to make inquiries. Uh, the relationship between the Oath Keepers has come under increased scrutiny after testimony last week revealed the leader of the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, purported to be in touch with agents. Uh, John Zimmerman, a former North Carolina leader of the Oath Keepers who has not been charged with a crime, said members of the Oath Keepers gathered in September in Fayetteville, North Carolina, for a Trump campaign rally. They were recruited at the rally and work uh, and working as personal security details. Zimmerman testified Rhodes said he was in contact with a member of the Secret Service who advised the leader on what weapons were allowed near the rally. So, make sure that make sure you contact the Secret Service and let them know what you're doing. It's very important. That way, you can get away with it. <laughs> When Mar-a-Lago was first in the news with the warrant and the seizure of documents, you and I talked about this. You and I knew there had to be someone who was working on the inside. The Department of Justice would not have acted if they did not have loads of insider information. That meant that somebody within Trump's people his workers or somebody was right there. And you know, Trump wanted the Department of Justice documents released so he could figure out who it was. Remember, we also talked about that. After Trump was told to turn over documents in May, Trump himself instructed a witness, this is an FBI informant, a witness to move them. And there is video of the handling of the uh, 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 of those documents. A Trump employee has told the FBI about being directed by the former president to move boxes out of the basement storage room to his residence at Mar-a-Lago after Donald Trump's legal team received a subpoena for any classified documents at the Florida estate. Yeah, so he's in trouble because he's so lazy and didn't want to carry the box himself. Crazy. Uh, The FBI also has surveillance footage showing a staffer moving boxes out of the storage room. The witness, and, and they probably showed it to the staffer and said, so exactly what are you doing here? At which point the staffer said, oh, well, maybe I did uh, move some documents. Hmm. <clears throat> Uh, the witness account coupled with the foot, uh, with the footage could be key prosecution for a range of potential crimes, including obstruction, destruction of government records, and mishandling of classified information. The Trump employee initially denied handling sensitive documents or boxes at Mar-a-Lago, according to the source. 
but the FBI developed evidence that prompted investigators to go back to the witnesses, probably that, that tape, who revised their story to say Trump had given instructions to move the boxes. That means Trump actively obstructed justice in August. Prosecutors wrote the government also developed evidence that government records were likely concealed and removed from the storage room and that efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation. This included evidence indicating that boxes formerly in the storage room were not returned prior to the council's review. Oh man, is it hitting the fan. If Trump is found guilty under the Espionage Act, he could get over 30 years in federal prison. So far, unless more comes up. Oh, man, this is looking so good. And talk about piling on. <laughs> Trump was pissed yesterday about one of the many lawsuits against him. Uh, he lashed out at the legal system in general, calling it a broken disgrace. After a judge ruled he must answer questions under oath next week in a defamation lawsuit lodged by a writer who says he raped her. He also called the 2019 lawsuit by E. Jean Carroll a hoax and a lie. Carroll says Trump raped her in the dressing room of a Manhattan Bergdorf Goodman store in the mid-1990s. He called the lawsuit a complete con job. U.S. District Judge in Manhattan, Lewis Kaplan, rejected a request by Trump's lawyers to delay a deposition scheduled for the 19th of October. Uh, Trump said, I don't know this woman, have no idea who she is. Uh, 19th of October, that's only a week away, right? I don't know this woman. I have no idea who she is, other than it seems she got a picture of me many years ago with her husband shaking my hand on a reception line at a celebrity charity event. She completely made up a story that I met her at the doors of this crowded New York City department store and within minutes swooned her. It is a hoax and a lie. Swooned? Swooned? He said swooned? Rape is being swooned? It is a hoax and a lie, just like all the other hoaxes that have been, been played on me for the past seven years. Now all I have to do is go through years more of legal nonsense in order to clear my name of her and her attorney's, uh, her lawyer's phony attacks on me. Then he referred to himself in the third person saying, this can only happen to Trump. <laughs> Trump's lawyers have tried various tactics to delay the lawsuit and stop him uh, from being questioned by Carroll's attorneys, but Kaplan uh, wrote that it was time to move forward, especially given the advanced age of Carroll, who is 78, and Trump, who is 76. Ooh, an older woman, Trump. Way to go. And perhaps other witnesses. Uh, he wrote, the defendant should not be permitted to run the clock out on plaintiff's uh, on plaintiff's attempt to gain a remedy for what allegedly was a serious wrong. Carol's lawsuit claims Trump damaged her reputation when he denied raping her. Uh, Trump's legal team has argued that he was doing his job as president when he denied the allegations, including when he dismissed his accuser as not my type. I didn't rape her because she's not my type. That is a really bad defense. <laughs> if Trump was acting within the scope of his duties as a federal employee, the U.S. government would become the defendant in the original lawsuit. Imagine 
taxpayers paying to defend Trump. Uh, the second U.S. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals said last month Trump was a uh, said last month Trump was a federal employee when he commented on Carroll's claims, but it asked another court in Washington to decide whether the public statements occurred during the scope of his employment. So that's not solidified yet. So <clears throat> let's move on to some state politics in Nevada and some other stuff. In Nevada, Adam Lazalt is running for Senate against Catherine Cortez Masto. So you'd think a positive endorsement from his own family could help him with his bid. This is uh, Adam Lazalt is a Republican. Catherine Cortez Masto is a Democrat. Of course, just, just to backtrack, in Georgia... Herschel Walker's family has strongly come out against him, and you thought he was the only one who hate, who was hated by his family. <laughs> Less than a month before Election Day, 14 member of Republican candidate Adam Lazalt's family sent a letter endorsing his opponent, Democratic U.S. Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. The letter states, we staunchly believe that Catherine is well-equipped with her own Nevada grit, a quality that she will take forward in representation of our home state for six more years across the halls of Congress. Just so you know, staunchly means very loyal and committed. The Republican family is very loyal and committed to the Democrat. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the letter uh, talks of Cortez Amasto's understanding of the daily realities of dogged hard work and mentions her experience in public education as well as her commitment to law enforcement. The family members also wrote that Cortez Masto's career demonstrates she is an authentic advocate of Nevada. The letter did not mention Adam Lazalt at all. They don't even care about him. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Herschel Walker... He made another boo-boo when he claimed his mother was full-blooded Cherokee, and he's repeated this claim several times throughout the year. Uh, <clears throat> Walker's mother told reporters she has no idea if an immediate ancestor was full-blooded Cherokee. She said she grew up hearing stories about her father's mother, her grandmother, kin to the tribe. Uh, in other words, related to the tribe? Uh, clarifying that she, uh, that uh, her grandmother was believed to be related to Cherokee uh, Cherokee peoples in some way, but she didn't know how. She told Huffington Post, and you know what? This this should be pretty easy to figure out, right? With all uh, uh, um, with with all the uh, you know twenty three and Me going on. She told Huffington Post that I don't know how far back. Uh, the family's Cherokee uh, heritage went. Uh, see, my grandmother, she passed when I was quite young. I don't know too much about how she was connected, but this is nowhere close to the 40% Cherokee Herschel Walker has claimed, right? Uh, you know, I can claim I'm American Indian too because my father's grandmother was Powhatan. But that doesn't make me American Indian. It was my father's grandmother. Come on. I, I can say, you know, it's, it's in my bloodline, but that's about it. Alex Jones will die penniless, I hope. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, but it, it isn't over yet. It still isn't over. The judge will decide punitive damages, plus he's on the hook for his and the plaintiff's attorney's fees. And there is still another pending case in the homest- in his home state of Texas. The likely first thing that will happen is he will move to Florida where he can protect his assets. That's where OJ moved. That's where Trump moved. Florida is considered one of the best states for asset protection because of its generous creditor exemption laws. He could have a 120,000 acre estate there and protect it, right? Uh, it has to be less than 119,000 and a half. <laughs> the Florida Constitution protects a debtor's primary residence from levy and execution to collect a debt. Yesterday, a Connecticut jury ordered far-right conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to pay $965 million to family members of eight Sandy Hook uh, victims. $965 million. That's almost a billion dollars. Um, and one, uh, the family and one, the families and one FBI agent who responded to the scene on December 14th, uh, 2012 uh, in Newtown, Connecticut mass shooting in which 26 people, including 20 elementary school students were murdered. Remember Alex Jones increased his audience and made millions claiming that Sandy Hook, the Sandy Hook massacre was faked and all those parents who lost children were actors. He mocked parents and humiliated them in public. He claimed it was a false flag to take away gun rights. Jones was not in the Connecticut courtroom as yesterday's verdict was read. Instead, he live-streamed the court proceeding on an InfoWars broadcast and laughed as the jury read the damages against him. He asked, why not make it trillions? Do these people actually think they're getting any of this money? Jones then implored his supporters to go to his website, get all the great products that are there that keep us on the air. He also suggested donations, (laughs) which of course means he's continuing the grift. Uh, Very Trumpish, don't you think? Uh, He then continued with veiled defamation, uh, uh, saying they want to scare us away from questioning Uvalde and Parkland. We're not going away. We're not going to stop. Alex Jones does not. and, And that's an indication. He's saying that Uvalde and Parkland were faked also. That's what he's saying. Isn't that insane? He just, he's on the hook for over a billion dollars once everything is said and done. Right? And he's still doing it. Alex Jones does not have $965 million, but they can go after his property, but not any Florida property. But like I said, it's not over. The judge will now decide punitive damages, and there is no cap on punitive damages in Florida. He still has to pay all attorneys' fees for both parties, and he still has, oh, and plus court, court costs, and ha- still has another suit in Texas. Oh, man, is it not over. I, it might be $2 billion by the end of all this. Uh, And remember, there's already a a decision a while back. Uh, The jury 
And I waited for this. The jury has reached the verdict in the Parkland uh, school shooting. The shooter, Nicholas Cruz, pleaded guilty last October to 17 counts of murder and 17 counts of attempted murder for the February 2018 shooting at Florida's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in which 14 students and three school staff members were killed and 17 others were injured. Since he pleaded guilty, his trial proceeded directly to the sentencing phase. Cruz has had a de facto sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole and will not face the death penalty because of mitigating circumstances. The mitigating circumstances is they claim that he was uh, 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 mentally damaged because his mother, because of fetal, fetal alcohol syndrome, his mother was an alcoholic while while she was pregnant. Anyway, the actual sentencing, and, and it's possible there was some damage, uh, some brain damage, and he doesn't know what's what. The actual sentencing will happen on November 1st to allow for the impact statements in court from the victims' families and surviving victims. And I've already seen some uh, victim responses where they said that the jury, that they were disgusted with the jury and what happened, uh, there is almost no chance it could change to a death penalty, though some victims will push for it in their victim impact statements. <clears throat> so, moving on. Finally, let's talk about this. Willard. Uh, the experiment started seven years ago. Stanford University is known for its experiments. They've had some famous experiments that have gone wrong. They are the Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein of universities, as far as experiments. They started growing human brain cells in the lab, then implanted them in rats. Their published, uh, their results published yesterday in the journal Nature showed that the brain cell, uh, the brain-like human tissue integrated with the rat tissue, then continued to mature. Those brain cells, in turn, seem to influence the rat's behavior. What? After transplant, after the transplant, he said the human neurons grew to six times their original size over about eight months, making up roughly one-third of a single hemisphere in the rat's brains. Jeez. Okay. We got the war in Ukraine. The threat of nuclear war. The climate is a disaster with tornadoes, hurricanes, and heat waves that cause fires around the globe. COVID-19 will now be here forever, and you want to add intelligent rats taking over the world to the mix. What the hell is wrong with you? Did you not see the movie Willard? Okay. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, Wednesday, excuse me, Thursday. Is it when? It's Thursday, October uh, 13th, right? October 13th, 2022. I really appreciate you. Bring someone with you tomorrow or today if you can. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Uh, tweet to me. Uh, questions, insights, or fights at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Maybe send me a news story, whatever, say hi. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence.
reporting from Los Angeles.